0: This podcast was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit lifelanks.org. Well, I'm really glad that you joined us this morning. If I've not met you before, I'm Bryony. I'm one of the leaders here. And I have a question for you this morning. How are you holding up? How are you holding up in lockdown round three? Because I wonder if there's anyone this morning that's in need of a little bit of strength. I wonder if there's anyone this morning that needs a bit of encouragement or comfort. Or perhaps this morning you, you sense you need a, a sense of purpose in the midst of so many things you could normally do being taken away from you. Well, I've got good news this morning if you answered yes to any of those things. I know I did. The good news this morning is that God wants to pour those things out on us in abundance, that God wants to strengthen us this morning, that He wants to comfort us this morning, that He wants to give us a purpose and a direction, that He wants to encourage us and build us this morning. Who's up for that? I know that I am. I know God has already been doing it in our online gathering, but I'm excited about what He wants to do in us in the next few minutes. Because this morning we're continuing our series, Cornerstone. This is part three. And this series is, um, looks at this recurring idea, this recurring metaphor that we find in the New Testament and the Old Testament that Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. And um, if you've not listened to the last few messages, or the last few preaches, or if you're not familiar with building, let me tell you that the cornerstone is the most important part of a building. It is the first stone that is laid. It's the foundation and everything else builds upon it. And so the whole building is determined by the cornerstone. And Scripture tells us that Jesus is the cornerstone, that he's the cornerstone of our lives and he's the cornerstone of the church. And that is what this whole series is about. And we're going to look again at another passage this morning that uses this metaphor, cornerstone. We find it in 1 Peter 2. So you you can flick open your Bibles you can switch them on you can follow on the screen this is 1 Peter 2 verse 4 to 6 and we're leaning in again to this idea of Jesus Christ our cornerstone as you come to him the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him you are also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god through jesus christ for in scripture it says right now the new testament writer is quote in the old testament the book of isaiah see i lay a stone in zion a chosen and precious cornerstone And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. The one who trusts in Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, will never be put to shame. Now, when I read this passage, I I get encouragement, I get strength, I get comfort. But I'm also really excited because what strikes me when I read this passage is that it is full of invitations. It's full of invitations for us this morning. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at three things that we are invited to be a part of. And the first one is this, that we are invited to play a part in what God is building that we're invited to play a part in what God is building, not only to build our individual lives on the cornerstone, on the rock that is Christ Jesus, as we heard from Pete last week, but we're invited to bring our lives, bring what we have and become like a stone in the building that God is creating with Jesus as the foundation. To be, as this passage says, a living stone and if you look at this passage you'll notice that it says stone and stones and one stone has a capital letter and stones has a lowercase letter now you're gonna to have to forgive me because I've been doing home learning for nine days now and so when I look at a passage I notice things like if the commas are in the right place and is the capital letters in the right place and is it an affronted verbial noun phrase and such things <laughs> I think I just I don't I think I just merged a few things there actually apologies to all your primary school teachers but you will see here it talks about the living stone, capital S. That is Jesus. He's the saviour. He's the king. He's the leader. He is at the foundation. But that we're invited to be living stones, capital S, that lowercase s. We're invited to be little stones that get to play a part in what God is building here on earth, in his kingdom and his church. That is an invitation that is extended to us. And I don't know about you, but I think that is incredibly exciting you see Christianity is not meant to be a spectator sport. you're not meant to sit on the sidelines and watch a select few professionals do the work you are invited to be part of the team you are invited to join in and in fact your world your community needs you to join in not to sit on the sidelines you get to participate you get to join in You see, Jesus came not only to rescue us, but to recruit us. He came to rescue us and as he rescues us, he then invites us into his mission here on earth. He came to rescue us and recruit us to be a part of what he is doing, what he is building here on earth in his church and his kingdom, to be a part of his mission to restore and redeem and renew all things, to redeem all things to the way that he intended them to be. Now, I know there's some of you saying, no, but I want to be on the sidelines. In fact, I'm meant to be on the sidelines. You see, those people over there, they, they, they can do it. They can be a part of what God is building. They've been a Christian for lots of years. They seem to know lots about the Bible. They always seem to know what to say. They're, they're really confident, but not me. I'm not, I'm not ready for that. Well, if you've ever found yourself thinking that, and if you're thinking that even now, listen to this powerful, beautiful truth we are invited to play a part in what God is building, even whilst he's still building us. That we're invited to be a part of what God is building, even whilst he's still building us. You know, when I looked at this passage this week, what struck me is it says you are being built. And if something is being built, it hasn't been, it hasn't finished being built yet. It's still under construction. It's still work in progress. But he says, you who are being built, you who are work in progress, you who are not the finished product, are invited to be being built into what God is doing here on earth. And I don't know about you, but I find so much hope in these words, that I'm being built, that I'm work in progress that who I am today is not the finished product, that there's more transformation available for me, that I will become more like Christ because he's still building me. And I I don't know how lockdown impacts you, but for me, I feel like it's just a pressure cooker and it just adds a level of intensity to every area of life. And so there are moments when I feel like lockdown brings out the worst in me and that's disappointing. And then I find hope that I'm still being built then i find hope that i'm still being built that i'm a work in progress and yet god in his graciousness still invites me to be part of what he is building while i'm still being built you know i think of this incredible building and have a picture on the screen i don't know if you've ever been to this building i'm gonna have to read it from my um from my notes because i'm not great at other languages and they slightly intimidate me so here we go this is the Sagrada Familia. How was that? Very English. Sagrada Familia, which is in Spain, not Italy, even though that sounds a little bit Italian. It's in Barcelona. It's known as the unfinished church. If you, if you noticed on the picture, there's a crane next to it because the construction began in 1883 and remains unfinished. And yet, People flock from all around the world to see this incredible tourist attraction. One of the biggest tourist attractions in Barcelona because people come to see its beauty and its splendor. It is a wonder to behold whilst it's still being built. And not only that, but it's actually in use. It's not just a beautiful thing to look at. There are weekly services that take place inside this church where Christians gather. It's still being built and yet, it is a wonder to behold, and it's put to use, and it makes me think of us, that us as we work in progress, as we're still being built. That even in our brokenness and our under constructionness, that and my primary school teachers are saying that's not a word. I know, I know, I'm sorry. But that even in our brokenness and our under constructionness, that we are a wonder to behold, we are beautiful and powerful and of use to his kingdom and his church, invited to contribute into what God is building here on earth. So I I pray that you would find hope this week. If you have moments like I've had in the last week where lockdown just seems to squeeze the worst out of you, that you are still being built today is not the end of the story there is a brighter future ahead and god in his graciousness in the midst of that still invites you to be a part of what he is building even whilst you're still being built secondly we're invited to be a part of the new temple and the new priesthood we are invited to be a part what is it that god is building a new temple and a new priesthood and in this passage it says you you are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. And when I look in my Bible, kind of at the bottom of the page in the footnotes, link into spiritual house, it says, or temple of the Spirit. So you're invited to be part of the, a temple of the Spirit, a new priesthood. And two of these, these two things, the the temple and the priesthood, these, have been, these are things that have been part of the Jewish story for thousands of years. So to the first readers, they would have had ideas and experiences, memories would have come to mind of the temple and the priesthood. You see, the temple was the place where God was believed to live. The temple was located in Jerusalem, and the temple was run by the priests, the priesthood. And the job of the priest was to to help you connect with God. So they carried out these religious ceremonies on your behalf so that you could connect with God. You see, only a small percentage of the community were eligible to be priests. Firstly, you had to be male. So if you were a woman, you were excluded. Secondly, you had to be a certain age. And so if you were young, you were excluded. Thirdly, you had to be from one of the 12, one of 12 family lines. So if you were, I'm now going to show off my math skills, 11 twelfths of the um, men at the appropriate age, then you were also excluded from being part of the priesthood. You know, when I think about these concepts, when I think about these ideas, these institutions of the temple and the priesthood, I hear limits and exclusion. I hear limits and exclusion. You see, their belief was that God was limited to the walls of the temple, which was limited to one geographical location, Jerusalem. And that the the ability or the privilege of helping people connect with God was limited to a select few males of the right age. But what I read in this passage, and what I see Jesus doing time and time again throughout the New Testament and throughout history is pushing, expanding, including. What I see happening is that the limitations are being lifted. I see the exclusions, the terms of exclusions being erased because here it says you are being built into a temple to be a priesthood. You, all of you, those who were previously excluded, those that previously lived under limitations, you now are invited to be a part of the new temple and the new priesthood. All of you he's lifting the limits you are now the temple that that God lives in you, that God goes where you go, that where you go, you take the presence of God, that you house the presence of the most high God. You are now the temple. It's no longer just one physical location in one city, in one uh, country, in one continent, but you and thousands and billions of believers across the planet carry the presence of the most high God. And you're invited to be a part of that. You're now the priesthood, whether you are young or whether you are old, whether you are male or whether you are female, whatever your family of origin, wherever you are from, you are invited into the privilege of helping people find God, helping people meet with God, helping people encounter the presence of the most high God, the one who created them and knows them and is desperate to have them draw close to him. We're invited to be part of the new temple and the new priesthood, as Jesus does what he continually does, where he lifts the limits and he erases the terms of exclusion. (coughs) I think it's really (coughs) interesting to see who these words were originally written to. (coughs) Excuse me, (laughs) I'm just gonna grab some water can just talk amongst yourselves for a moment. I think I'm getting a bit excited. Anyone else? That we're invited to be part of what God is building. We're invited to be part of the new temple and the new priesthood. But I think it's really fascinating to think about what the original readers might have been thinking and feeling as they heard this. And to to understand this, we need to kind of flick back a few pages in our Bibles because this letter, Peter's letter, his first letter is written, it tells us in 1 Peter 1 verse 1, it says this, Peter, an apostle of Christ to God's elect, exiles scattered, throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Now, if you're not familiar with the, those locations, let us show you on the screen. We've got a map right here. This is modern day Turkey. I did a little bit of geography this week as well. We're studying Asia in our high school work at home. And um, this, is, this is modern day Turkey, but you see some of these names there. Do you see them? Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. And it says to the exiles scattered scattered throughout here you can't see Jerusalem on this map it's kind of it's kind of further down is <clears throat> around on average a thousand miles from Jerusalem where the temple was and these people are scattered perhaps feeling isolated maybe feeling alone throughout this region and they hear the words that you are invited to be the new temple to be a temple of the Spirit to be a spiritual house, that you are invited to be a royal priesthood. And when I thought about this, I I felt a deep resonance. I felt a deep resonance for where we find ourselves today. And you know what? I think you could swap out some of the names of those locations and feel the significance of what this means for us today. To the believers, hear this. To the believers scattered throughout Blackburn and Rosendale. Locked down in Pendle and Heimburn. Isolated in Burnley and the Ribble Valley, you today. In your locked downness, there's a new word again. In your situation, in our challenges, in our struggles, we are invited to be a part of what God is building. That we are invited to be the new temple and the new priesthood, to carry the presence of God, to allow, help people to meet with God Himself through our lives, through our words, through our example, through our prayers. You know, this week, I wonder what that might look like for you as you go to work or work from home, as you engage with people online, as you do your weekly shop, as you seek to support your neighbors, that you are the new temple and the new priesthood. Even in these times where we can't get together in our central location physically, scattered, isolated, locked down, and yet empowered to be the new temple and the new priesthood. <coughs> now, I think of, when I think of this, I think of a story named of a lady called Ray. And Ray is from Brazil, and she was living in Northern Ireland at the time that this story took place. And one day, one normal day, midweek, Ray went to a um, went into a department store, and she was at the checkout, and the cashier said, oh, "Asked her about her accent because apparently you don't get many Brazilian accents in Northern Ireland," and um, and she um, said, "Well, why are you here?" And Ray said, "Well, I'm here to um, I'm part of a team uh, going to schools. I'm linked to a church, and um, I'm here to tell people about Jesus." And she said to the cashier do you know Jesus? And she said, can I tell you about him? And so she told her about Jesus. She said, can I pray for you? The lady said, yes, please pray for me. And so she prayed for the lady and the lady began to cry. The lady began to weep and she said, would you like to know Jesus? And the lady said, I would. And she there in the middle of a department store prayed for this cashier whose eyes were flooding with tears and who opened her life to Jesus a new temple, and the new priesthood. The cashier said to Ray, you, like, this is incredible, but I'm just not in a fit state to process your order. I'm just going to go and get one of my colleagues. And she kind of went off into the break room and her colleague came over and said, what just happened? And um, Ray, Ray told her what just happened and then said, do you know Jesus? And, um, she, the, and she said, can I pray for you? And as she was praying for the lady, she, God showed her something about this lady, this, this second cashier, And she said, I know that you're battling depression and you've been buying lots of self-help books. And Jesus wants you to know that he is the Prince of Peace. And so you can save your money and come to know him instead. Would you like to know Jesus? The lady in absolute floods of tears said, yes, I would. And Ray prayed for her there and then. The lady said, this is amazing, but I'm really sorry. I'm not in a fit state to process your order. To, take your, to, take your trans, you know, to do your transaction, I'm gonna get one of my colleagues. And the lady went off. And Ray was half between excited and embarrassed and wondering what do the other people think I'm doing to these cashiers? And um, the other lady came over and said, the third lady, it seems just ladies work in this shop, but um, the third cashier came over and, and she said, what just happened? And Ray almost blurted out, you know what just happened? Jesus just happened. Do you know Jesus? Can I pray for you? And she said, um, she said, as she, as she began, the lady said, yes, please pray for me. And the lady said she had this incredibly, um, incredibly difficult problem with her back. And um, she was terrified because she'd had quite a lot of time off work and she had a meeting that afternoon with her manager and she was terrified that she was gonna lose her job. And so, so Ray said, well, let's pray for that. And as she was praying, she was secretly praying, Jesus, please don't let her cry. Um, But she began to pray for this lady and pray for her back and pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would bring healing to this lady. And and after she prayed, the lady kind of tried her back a bit and she was able to bend right over and the pain had significantly improved. And um, this lady too, cashier number three, opened her life to Jesus there and then at a normal day at work in a department store. She also didn't break, she didn't break down into floods of tears. So she was able to process Ray's order and pray, Ray finally left the shop. But you know, I see an incredible example of someone who understands that I'm invited to be part of what God is building. Even whilst he's still building me, that I'm invited to be part of the new temple and the new priesthood, that I carry the presence of God into my community. Perhaps you could see your community on the map, wherever you are across East Lancashire and beyond. I carry the presence of God, that, that through me people can encounter God, that I can help people meet God, that I can help people experience the hope and the wholeness and the healing that comes from King Jesus. That is what we're invited to be part of. And thirdly this morning, we're invited to be part of a new relationship we are invited to be part of a new relationship. You see, it says that we're being built into a spiritual house or a temple of the spirit to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ you see in the world of the temple and the priesthoods the priests made physical sacrifices on behalf of the people to make the people right with God that was the belief and that was the system and it worked but it worked only for a time it was a regular ongoing process you see in Jesus the cornerstone a new relationship with God is available a new relationship with God is available, this is what we are invited into. Because Jesus made the sacrifice, which the Bible tells us is once And for all that Jesus himself became the sacrifice that is once one sacrifice that lasts for all of eternity and extends to all people so it's no longer this ongoing process that that we battle with in in the way that they did in this era but that Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice once and for all and he invited us into this new relationship and so sacrifices are no longer required for our acceptance what is required for us to accept the sacrifice of Jesus for us, to accept what he has done for us, to put our trust in him, as the passage tells us. And as that passage tells us, anyone who puts their trust in him will never be put to shame, will never be let down, will never be disappointed by him. And just as the band come to join us, you might think, well, well, if sacrifices are no longer required, why does it say offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ? Like if we don't have to make those, if that's not um, a requirement for entry into the family of God, into the people of God, into what God's building, why would we still do that? Well, what I've come to see is that sacrifices come from a relationship with love, of love. The sacrifices flow out of relationship. The sacrifice, sacrifice flows out of love. That would be the only reason you would part with your last Rolo, right? Now, if you're under 30, if you're under 30 you might be thinking, what are you talking about? Google Rolo ads in the 90s. The sacrifice flows out of a relationship of love. You know, I think of the team, the worship team, who got here at 8.30 this morning. Lots of them with kids that they had to kind of work out and childcare, the work they've done through the week to get to a place where they can help us encounter God together. That is a sacrifice, right? Why do they do it? Because they're paid to do it. No. Why do they do it? Because they have to do it. No. They do it out of a relationship of love. It's a sacrifice that flows out of a relationship of love for God and love for you and each one of us in this community. You know, I think of the production team, lots of them are here just as early, many of them leaving spouses and young children at home on another day in lockdown. That is an incredible sacrifice on everyone's behalf and on everyone's part. And Why? Because of a, out of a relationship of love, because that's what happens out of love, out of relationship, we sacrifice. But sacrifice is no longer required for acceptance because Jesus has already done it. But sacrifice flows. Sacrifice results from acceptance. It's no longer a requirement, but it is a result. It flows out of our life with Him. Our love for Him expresses itself in sacrifice for others. And they are pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. If you found this podcast inspiring and helpful, then we'd love for you to get in touch via @lifelanks on social media or our website lifelanks.org. Life Church, impacting our neighbors, our nation, and the nations with the good news about Jesus.